This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you. Hello and welcome to the second season of Mind Your Mornings. In this series, we will be looking at mental health from within. A new wave of awareness is here and with it, several questions. With the support of the team at Anna Chandy and Associates and our gracious clients, we've decided to uncover some of the mysteries that plague mental health. So together, let's explore various perspectives from people who have experienced therapy, from caregivers and from therapists themselves. Perspectives from a decade ago to now and from Gen X to Gen Z. Hi, I'm Brian, back again with another conversation to discover a new perspective from behind the therapy room. In today's episode, we have Reshma Prakash, an accomplished therapist herself and an integral part of the team at Anna Chandy and Associates. With her is Gopika, one of Reshma's clients. Gopika is a long-term client and she has been seeing Reshma for the last uh, four years. Gopika is young, ambitious, and a professional driving her own success. Like many of her generation, she's figuring out relationships, especially romantic ones. The previous generation had a fairly straightforward relationship rule, arranged marriage, which was seamlessly followed by having children. In the absence of these rules, especially for the urban affluent, how does one navigate relationships? What determines the decisions we make is it impulse or is it, or is it some is it impulse or is it some deep rooted patterns that show up time and again in our relationships gopika has graciously accepted our invitation to come and share her journey with therapy she will talk about the patterns she has discovered and what changes it has brought to her life over the last several years welcome to the show gopika and reshma i'll leave you two to discuss Hi, thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for the introduction. Gopikawa, we're here today. And how long have we known each other? Has it been four years? I think four years. And it's been quite a journey. I've seen so many changes. When you look back over the years, from the time we started to now, what are some of your thoughts around your own journey? You being my therapist has always made me remind that it's okay if the process is not linear and there's always a scope to start again. And I think that is the thought that keeps me going when it comes to our therapeutic process and my relationship with you. And we've seen a lot of changes in our relationship too, from when we took the time we took to get to know each other the ups and downs, the times we've been upset with each other, the times we've come back to talk to each other about it and sort of come back and moved on. What do you see as some of the challenges that you've overcome, some of the challenges that you continue to face in relationships? Because we're going to talk about relationships today. You've moved a lot towards being more self-sufficient and more independent. What do you see as some of the things that fell short for you in the past? And what do you see as the shift that might have occurred for you? 
since then? I think the major shift in my perspective about being in relationships or having relationships would be that it has been more realistic now. Maybe earlier, uh, the standards or the expectations were highly unrealistic because of the unmet needs that I had as a child. And I think somewhere down the line, I had forgotten that being an adult can help you navigate through these differently. So I was still coming from a perspective of being a child. And being in therapy, it was a constant reminder of how, even though I think I am doing a good job, I still need to revisit. And I need to revisit a lot of patterns again and again and again. And I think for me, that is what kept me going because of you and how you reminded me that it is totally all right if there is a wound. Because wounds take time. I think that has been a major change for me when it comes to evaluating or forming relationships. Yeah, no, I, I really have seen that cyclical pattern, the spiral, as you said, not just in your journey, but also uh, like we mentioned earlier in our relationship as well. So Gopika, I think one of the things we've discussed are some of the recurring things that you have done in relationships, for instance, in your intimate relationships, in your romantic relationships, and some of these you've worked through, but some of these patterns, like we mentioned, pop up again and again. What are some of these patterns that you've identified for yourself that really come up a lot for you in your relationships? During the entire journey of therapy, I think I have been in multiple relationships. Sometimes I, and this has been a pattern, that is a prominent pattern that I always need a relationship. Sometimes I do not understand if I really want it. And how do I want the relationship to be? But it has always been a need, like a void that I need to fill by having another person. And the pattern that has come up is that I use that person or my primary partner to fulfill those needs. Sometimes even without knowing what those needs are for myself. And that mostly leads to a lot of failure and a lot of unmet expectations because I have realized that I have a way of expressing disappointment and that has been a pattern that I have always used another relationship to express disappointment in a current relationship. I have not worked really through how to communicate when it comes to my unmet needs. Throughout the journey of therapy, I've realized that it is more about me than about the people. Because I remember initially when our therapy session started, I would always talk about the other people. Like this person is treating me this way or this person is not doing what I expect them to do. But later I realized that I have not been communicating what I actually want. And I think that has been because I didn't learn it. 
I didn't learn how to communicate. And it has been a huge task for me to learn and unlearn the patterns that I used. Yeah. And you know, it's so important what you say about learning and unlearning and about your unmet needs. So there are some needs that you had that were not fulfilled growing up. And I think when we're children, we also learn how to express what it is that we want and what it is that we need. Can you say a little bit more about what you understand of these childhood experiences you had and how you didn't even know what it is that you were missing and you had were in relationships where you felt this expectation and this urge for something without knowing what this something was, but you knew something was missing and that hunger that it created. For me, I think the way I started expressing what I want as a child was by showing aggression because of the neglect. And I think that became a very prominent feature in all my relationships because neglect for me would be abandonment. And as a child, I learned that because I couldn't process things better then. And to my surprise, I didn't even realize that that is how I navigate relationships until I came for therapy. Some of the needs that I had when I tried to figure out the reason for the frustration or aggression that I have or the reason for disappointment that I have in relationships, but mostly needs that cropped up when I was growing up, when I needed attention, when I needed validation, when I needed constant appreciation. And I think those continue to be the needs even now. The only difference is now I've started accepting it because initially I wasn't even aware of it. It was just that they did something wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I think the same issue cropped up between us also, right? Where um, you would feel sometimes that I was not giving you that appreciation and that you felt that there was not enough validation for the progress that you had made. And for all the things that you had done so differently, you know, because sometimes therapy would constantly focus on what else do we need to do? What else do we need to fix? What else do we need to, to figure out? And it was always what else. And so sometimes you would really feel unappreciated for the progress you'd already made. So we would sometimes spend sessions just talking about, okay, hey, let's regroup. Let's talk about all the fantastic stuff, all the patterns that you've broken. And even when you repeat the pattern, it's from a very different place, not the same place that you were. So I think that was one of the patterns that actually happened between us as well. And I would absolutely agree that now the patterns still occur, but how I'm dealing with it is different. Like, when it happened with us, when I felt like I was not paid attention to or I was not valued, I think I chose to communicate instead of being like, okay, this therapist doesn't work out for me and I'm going to 
like i i would just negate the entire experience but this time i chose to communicate and i saw how communication can be tough but it does help in the long run it's not a quick fix so mostly i was looking for quick fixes which in turn became more damaging yeah i really appreciate the fact that you were able to talk to me about your disappointment in me you were able to tell me what that your expectations didn't feel like they were being met and how i could then respond to you and help you see the ways in which you were cared for but maybe it wasn't fitting some expectation but that there was care and there was the fact that i was willing to work with you in any way that you wanted to and i think we even talked about do you want to go talk to someone else maybe have a yeah. fresh approach maybe get a fresh perspective from someone else we've been with each other for so long i was like you were like should i go try talk to someone else and i was like yeah you really should go go try and talk to someone else get a fresh perspective and i think we were both okay with that but now if i have to relate it to my pattern i think i was expressing my anger of course this time more rationally and whenever i was telling you that this is not working out i actually wanted it to work out and i think that is something that i have done throughout even in other relationships because my relationship with was you is a very significant one and i think it has been the longest one when compared to other relationships that i've had ironically but it is what it is and the fact that you would ask questions and you would be like okay tell me why is it that you're feeling this way i think that made me realize that yeah i mean there could be things that i might be doing wrong and i think in one of our sessions i did realize and i had this realization where i told you that you know what even between the sessions i am not remembering things that i have already learned or we have already spoken about and i think that's where i felt the gap and when i realized that i already have so much that i could work on is when our relationship again like started it was almost like a fresh start all the time almost yeah 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 i don't know that's pretty amazing i'm also really amazed by how many like what is that that happens in a therapeutic relationship where that freshness comes back where like something happens i don't know that i'm not able to explain it but it's like we are able to then renew like with fresh eyes with fresh interest that hey let's look at this but i think it really helped that we were able to acknowledge the work that had been done and also to acknowledge that little period where we are like sometimes therapy feels like nothing is happening you know <laughs> there's those periods too for you and for me but i think those are like fallow periods where you can't have progress all the time what is that what is that notion that somehow you're supposed to be progressing all the time upward and above and you know and you can't you have to stay still sometimes you have to stay still a lot of times 
So I think therapy also follows those periods where it can feel like nothing's happening, but what is being done is something is being maintained. And that holding space is being protected. And it feels like nothing, but that is still there. The care and the attention and yeah, that stability continues. So Gopika, when you mentioned some of those, you said that when you were growing up, you had experienced neglect and that you had experienced that neglect as abandonment. If I could get a, give the listeners a little more context, I think the household you grew up in, there was a lot of conflict between your parents and their relationship was quite fraught. You felt that in the middle of this discord at home that you became somewhat of a lost child. And also when your sister was born, who's much younger than you, you have experienced that as a further neglect because then all the attention went to your sister. And you also saw that your parents were very different parents to your sister versus yourself. So that really was a very deeply impacted you in feeling like you were not loved, you were not wanted, that you were not loved enough to be cared for like someone else was. And it made you very angry, I think. It made you sort of very hungry for attention and love. I think that was the context in which you grew up and it really impacted how you related to your partners and to even your friends and other people as you grew up. And this is very common. This I see this a lot in, in with all my clients. Notice this in so many places that the way in which you experience your relationship with your parents the problems you had with communicating with them or the way they raised you. Like, did they raise you in anger? Did they raise you with re regret? Did they raise you with, you know, impatience? Like all this has such a huge impact on how people feel about themselves, how lovable and wanted and acceptable they feel and the things that they then do as adults in order to be acceptable to someone else. In order for them to receive the love that they really want, they put themselves through a lot of unhealthy communication patterns, unhealthy behaviors, in order to actually try and meet these needs that they have such a hunger for. So Gopika, I think one of the things that, um, I've seen such a huge change in from the time we first started to now is, I mean, the risks that you would take when you were attracted to someone or when you felt that you needed some companionship, there were sometimes some personal and emotional risks that you would take. I don't see you doing much of that anymore, which has been so fantastic for me to see. And so amazing that you're able to build more safety for yourself. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think throughout the journey 
of therapy, I realized that I mixed a lot of emotions. When I needed love, I would take risks just to make sure that I get that kind of love. Just to make sure that, okay, I can get it and why shouldn't I? So I would do anything to prove that, yeah, see, I can get it. I think that comes a lot from me being impulsive, me being attention-seeking. At the same time, me knowing that it could be harmful for me. So I was always trying to prove a point. But much later, because of our therapy, I started questioning that whom am I trying to prove a point to? What is the intent for doing such harmful behaviors to an extent, which would harm me in a way that I wouldn't even anticipate initially? I think my way of coping with it has changed because of how in our therapy, I was shown the different perspectives. For example, if I would do something and I would blame myself, you would step in and be like, yeah, because you, you would say that you are doing this because you need a lot of assurance or you need validation or you need to be around people or there is a high need of stimulation for you. So you making me feel okay, I think, helped me that, okay, there is nothing so wrong with me. Maybe my behavior is unhealthy, but I still have a lot of aspects which are healthier. So I think that shift, because, you know, when, and again, coming back to the childhood, when you did something wrong, I was wrong or I was bad. But now, because I have started in therapy, I started viewing my actions as di like different. They are different from who I am. I think that has make, made me more comfortable with my own self, my own being. Yeah, I can see so much more acceptance of the person that you are, separating it from the actions that you do. Like you have innate, for you to know, I have innate dignity. I have innate self-worth. I'm a good human being. Sometimes I do things that I don't like. Sometimes I do things that aren't good for me. But that doesn't mean that I become a bad person. That doesn't become, that I become a person worthy of so much contempt, so much, you know, looking at yourself in such a bad way. I, I think that really is such a fantastic part about therapy that if you were able to come to a more accepting place, fantastic. I mean, that's amazing that you've been able to do that for yourself. That's off to you. Thank you, Reshma. So, Gupika, I think earlier in our conversation, you talked about how things are not linear. I think growth is also not linear. And when we talk about how you have grown as a person and how you have grown, your understanding and your expectations have, have changed. Can you explain to us and to our listeners a little more about how you see growth? What have you understood it as? So my perception about growth was totally different. It was about, okay, achieving the next level, going to the next level. What is it that I need to do to be a better person? 
what is it that is expected out of me during therapies when i realized that the whole idea of growth is so messed up especially now more so because of mental health awareness and social media and everything else that's coming into picture that mental health means you working on yourself and you achieving something that is mostly glorifying in a way however working on your mental health can also be a very uncomfortable place to be in and i think that's why some of the people don't even want to acknowledge it but being in therapy made me realize that it is perfectly okay that i have some parts of myself which are totally not likable i cannot be someone who needs to be looked up to all the time so the idea of being again a perfect child a perfect adult is very misconstrued and i think i realized that during therapy because i remember reshma there would be times when we would be talking about how the patterns have become slightly healthier and then there would be another slip up and then there would be another mistake but the way i dealt with it earlier would be more of a it would come from a punishing point of view like okay i made a mistake now i should punish myself in therapy i've realized that i have made a mistake now how do i navigate from here because it's almost like being in you do one mistake and it's again day one for you and i think therapy for me that's why has been consistently helpful because i had you to make me realize that something has happened but it's not you completely it's a it's an event it's not who you are i think what's really important to realize when we are in a relationship i mean so often when we talk about when something's going wrong in a relationship we're talking about what the other person's doing and how awful that other person has been and all the mistakes they've done and i think that has limited usefulness in trying to figure out what's happening in a relationship i think the more useful point would be to look at yourself to look at what's happening to your own patterns to look at why you are reacting the way you are what is it from your own past that's popping in to sort of obstruct your view of what's really in front of you right now so i think if you want to improve your relationship the best thing you can do is to look at yourself i think therapy really really helps in getting that self awareness and getting um educated about yourself about your own past and um what you're sitting on this is something that i experienced that after every therapy session i was very overwhelmed i was tired because i had a lot to process i was also at the same time happy or at peace with a lot of other things sometimes i needed to talk to someone about it like just a normal conversation but i did not find many people who had experienced therapy as a process so it would become slightly difficult to connect with them on that level i think that during these times when people are 
placing a lot of importance on mental health and how mental health matters and all that stuff i still feel that people from my age group whom i interact with even at workplace even around me in my personal life i still do not come across people who are having conversations about therapy as if it is still sort of a taboo i would like to believe that it is not but because i want to have those conversations about my therapist about how my therapist is cool about how my therapist messed up about how my therapist helped me about how my therapist and i joked and how it is just me talking about anyone else but these are the conversations i want to have i think for us to be okay with our parts that we are not even aware of reshma is my fifth therapist i started therapy when i was beginning college i think that is that was my first experience which was which was helpful but however i couldn't continue it because i thought the problem is fixed so i don't need therapy and then again i reached out to a therapist when i was feeling very low and i couldn't see any solution and i think that has been a pattern that i would reach out only when i would feel really like low or i would feel like i can't do anything and that's when therapy didn't really help me in the long run i think again i was looking for a quick fix but somewhere or the other i felt like the therapy wasn't helping me move later when i reached out to reshma and we had sort of similar experiences i realized that it was also about me i was feeling a certain way with the therapist i had a bad experience but i did not communicate it i did not realize why am i feeling that way so reshma helped me understand that nothing even therapy is not perfect it's not a solution it is more like a process which needs to be happening consistently yeah i mean like i said she is not my first but i hope she is my last therapist because i have a relationship with reshma which is very eccentric i mean even when we are talking about the most uncomfortable topics me being me would use humor and reshma would really like be a part of it so it it would be like we are almost equals so she would not come from an authoritative point and i think that helped me a lot of times thank you for the candid conversation gopika often we discount the impact of our childhood on our present but impressions can be seen in every aspect of our life especially in relationships romantic and otherwise pop psychology offers a quick fix move on self care that involves scented candles or a quick getaway these are nothing but distractions to navigate our way through relationships we first need to understand ourselves where does this behavior come from awareness leads to the question does this serve me today and the therapist client relationship is a special one and can also be long standing 
Gopika did mention that her relationship with Reshma is probably one of her longest. Finally, therapy is a journey which does not lead to the goal of healing. It leads to more self-discovery and awareness. A journey I highly recommend. Thank you. We've had a lot of really good laughs together. That's really amazing. And thank you for also seeing therapy as an imperfect process and for allowing me to have my own imperfect moments. And I think I've really enjoyed working with you. So thank you for all these years. Thank you. And to many more years ahead, I think, hopefully. And I'm perfectly okay with being on this journey with you. Yeah, well, I look forward to it. Thank you, Gopika. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you.